Welcome to Have a Drink With Me. I'm your host, Dylan Polniak, and joining me today is a comedian and actor from Montreal, Canada, Rishi Arya. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I saw you've been promoting the hell out of your movie. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that I got you on the show. You know, you post a lot of funny stuff on social media. We have not met in person, but we we yep. did. Uh, we found each other on social media through a, a mutual friend uh, up in Canada. Yeah. Are you still talking to Colin? Are you keeping in touch with him? Or? You know, I haven't seen or heard from him in probably 50. 15 years or so i think (laughs) he reached out uh to say that i should uh add you on facebook because you were out here in uh la and uh and that's really all the conversation i've had with him unfortunately paying dividends 15 years later not bad yeah yeah we uh we hung out a lot of probably last few years of high school he was the next uh town over um but yeah we went to a bunch of parties growing up and and that's that's how i met him yeah um so Comedian and actor. Did you get started in uh, Montreal? Not at all. I, in Montreal, I, I, I was doing music. That's how I met Colin. Oh, uh, wow. We would even go to like open mics together. He'd play music. I would rap. And uh, he was friends with the people I was in a band with. And that's mm-hmm. what I did in Montreal. And I started doing, uh, I started, I was studying accounting there and I was doing music and I was, I started just doing these videos for like now the website is huge. It's called uh, watchmojo.com. It's like this web magazine. Hmm. And uh, I started off when they were starting off. They had like a little comedy channel, and I was kind of acting with them. Yeah, that was kind of my first little acting I was doing. And then I decided just to get the hell out of that country because yeah, I was never going to make a living doing anything I want there. <laughs> and, uh, I basically started doing stand up uh, in New York, and I was studying acting there. That's kind of when I was really trying to do it properly and uh mm-hmm. so yeah no i never really got i never really did anything in montreal i did like maybe one community theater play and, and that was it yeah and you're in uh are you in los angeles now yeah okay and uh, how long have you been here i've been in la for uh since 2012 so eight years oh wow so that must have been when colin told me to add you on facebook yeah yeah because at first i was in new york for three and that, i was still in touch with him then but i mean i guess i haven't spoken to him now and probably since the whole time i've been here yeah. Do you do you uh, find it interesting when people uh, are like, "Oh, you live in Los Angeles. This so and so is going to be in Los Angeles. You should hit them up." Do you get that? Well, I don't know if uh, a st- story. I mean, that it sounds like it's annoying, you know. Yeah. It happens. And it and it is. When I was leaving New York, I knew a comic in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, we was like, "Oh, you're going to L.A. Hit up my buddy, and he'll show." I was like, "I'm not going to hit up your friend and just yeah." him you know and he goes but i humored him i was like yeah sure write it write it down he wrote it he wrote his name and his number down the notebook and i just forgot it was ever there mm-hmm. to la i lived like in a living room for like eight months and i moved and as i moved i would always carry this notebook around with me and i was like do i even need this notebook what's in this and i open yeah. it up and the first thing i see is that phone number that mm-hmm. guy i don't even know anymore wrote down to call and it was uh, eric andre's phone number oh shit <laughs> <laughs> damn i should have called that guy because it was yeah. kind of or he blew up. Uh, so I don't know. There's a lesson I learned there, I suppose. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it's, it's normal, you know. Yeah, I I moved out here uh, 2011. Yeah, 2011. Yeah, and it, it was that same thing. It was like I remember my dad saying, "Hey, one of my buddy's kids are are out there in L.A. You got to hit him up and you know, kind of show him around and that kind of stuff." Yeah, I was like, "Well, oh, who's your who's your friend?" And my dad told me, and I was like, "Oh, his kid's a douchebag." I don't. <laughs> 
there's like this weird obligation. I could see, you know, I'm from a very small town. I could see if like one of my friends accidentally ended up there, like their car broke down and they got kidnapped and dragged to my hometown. I'd be like, oh, hit up my parents. Yes. But it, you're in a, a city of what? We've got 5 million people or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't need to. I don't really need to hang out with them. There's nothing I could do for you anyway. Yeah. The yeah. only thing we have in common is that we live two miles or 30, a 30 minute drive away. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need to do that. But, uh, I find that very interesting. I lived in Orlando and no one was ever like, Oh, my friend lives in Orlando. You should hit him up. Once you move to uh, LA and you're busy with stuff, it's, Oh yeah. My dad's friends, cousins, yeah. nephews out there. I try to do it. I always kind of feel a bit obliged. You know, somebody contacts me. I'm like, okay, let's try to do this. But yeah. you know, after a while, it's just, you know, it, ne it never really leads to some huge, long-lasting friendship that helps anybody. It could have with Eric Andre. You know, yeah, I know. I <laughs> Who knows what that would have been. But Have you seen uh, all the uh, change.orgs and all the petitions to get him to take over for Ellen? Oh, really? No. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that. Oh, man. Keep the name of the show, Ellen. Have Eric Andre, you know, host the show. Amazing. I asked, uh, you know, uh, some of the topics that you might want to discuss, and we kind of whittled it down to, fuck yeah, pro wrestling. <laughs> I guess I should have known. I was like, okay, stand up during COVID. Like, we did it. These TV shows, we did it. <laughs> it's like, man, the masks, COVID, we did it. I was like. I, I literally 30 minutes ago finished recording an episode where the topic was was COVID. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and it just so happens you got back to me like right after, you know, my previous guest, uh, Brandon Burkhart. Very funny. Yeah. But yeah, we got it. We dove into COVID. So unfortunately, we couldn't talk about that. But you've got your you've got your early 90s. Uh, yes. WWF t-shirt on right now. People always uh, think this is a Wonder Woman shirt because of the W. Oh, the W. Oh, oh yeah. Woman, right? the, yellow. the opposite of Wonder Woman. This is a bunch of half-naked guys. Yeah. Um, My favorite description of pro wrestling is um, it's a bunch of men in underwear fighting over a belt. Basically. Yeah. 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 And So pro wrestling is our topic. <laughs> it, it really is. Are you, are you a pro wrestling fan? I know you said you have some you're doing having a TNA guy on your show and stuff like that. I absolutely love pro wrestling mm -hmm. uh i've followed it since uh 96 okay and uh i i mean i watch probably four hours of it every week i know least. it's really bad i've kind of i i finally i've always been wanting to cut down mm -hmm. ironically i finally cut down during covid time which is wow. when i think i would ramp it up mm -hmm. but pro wrestling is that nuisance where it's like i'm watching it like i watch the news yeah like i like I have to know what's going on. Like that's right. I, every day I wake up, I listen to that. You know, they always put like the figure four weekly, like the free clip they have on YouTube. Yeah. I listen. There's a one. There's a one or two new ones. That's what I listen to when I brush my teeth, shave, go in the shower, or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's become. It's basically become like the uh, the wall, the computer wallpaper of my yeah, right. my mind. You know. Yeah, uh, I I find myself just like. Uh, I don't follow WWE uh, right. so much anymore. Uh, I followed it from 96 until I'd yeah. say probably 2014. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then I got, I got really into NXT around 2014. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I stopped with Raw and SmackDown, switched to NXT. Uh, TNA wrestling, I was into that for a very long time. It's very good now. It always oh. had like, these weird, like, it's like bad for a long Peaks time. Peaks and valleys, man. And it's like good. And then. Yeah. 2002 to 2009, I would say TNA was like 
on the verge of really breaking out to be, yeah. you know, number two. And then they brought Hulk Hogan and uh, Eric Bischoff in. And I actually thought when they did that, when they, and I wasn't watching wrestling much at that time. I kind of fell out after the invasion angle. I fell out for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when they did that thing, when they had all those guys in TNA and they brought in Hogan and Bischoff, everybody was hating on it. I was like, hold on, this could work because it's head to head with Raw because Raw was so bad. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way they're going to be worse than Raw. And I just didn't, I guess I was yeah. wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Hogan and, and Bischoff, but I mean, the first thing that they do is they get rid of the six-sided ring, which yeah. they had for, I don't know, uh, six oh, years yeah. or so at that point. You get yeah. rid of their brand right there. Yeah. And then you've got like uh, Val Venus uh, going over Christopher Daniels. Like, yeah. what? This is anybody who had a name anywhere else, just kind of, even though, you know, pro wrestling, I feel like nowadays, especially now with like, with stand up, with politics, with Hollywood, it's like, it's all, it's all booked like wrestling. Mm-hmm. It kind of, for them to put, to make Val Venus their guy to think yeah. they're like, oh no, it's because he was in WWE. Like, yeah, but no one's going to watch the show for Val Venus, you yeah. know? And that's kind of what they do. So many times. You know, you audition for a lot of stuff and there's always like a rule. It's like, yeah, but if it's between you and somebody who was already on a TV show, they're going to give it to that guy. It's like, yeah, but he's not Mel Gibson. Just because he yeah. was on a TV show doesn't mean that like my mom is going to tune in for this nobody. You know, it's exactly. Yeah. End up like that. Oh, yeah. He has a credit. He wrote on some Hulu shows. Some it's like, so what? Yeah. You know? do, you lose, uh, do you lose a lot of parts to uh, Val Venus? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Val Venus, you know, it's what's weird is Val Venus, he's an interesting guy now. Oh, because he's yeah. a super Republican pot smoking guy now, or yeah, something. Yeah, he's uh, he's rough to watch. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, you know, I take it back. Val Venus might be a draw now for me because I just want to see what he's going to say. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's do. But back then, not so much. And uh, he's Canadian, so I guess I got I got to give him both props. Do you follow uh, All Elite Wrestling? Very much, yeah. I really enjoy the way that they bring characters in. Yeah. Former wrestlers. I mean, we've got Miro in there. You've got Zack Ryder, which is kind of, he's kind of there. But then you've got Brody Lee, and you've got all these big WWE names. And, like, the yeah. the big thing is, like, all these guys wanted to leave WWE. Yeah. But they've done such a good job of integrating them into storylines where it's not, hey, we're going to put, Val Venus over Christopher Daniels. It was just like he came, uh, Hogan came in and it was just immediately going to squash all the TNA guys with these former WWE guys. Yeah. And there wasn't really, there wasn't like storylines around it. No. Nasty Boys went against Motor City Machine Guns or something. It was like every friend of Hulk Hogan was just there to squash all their people. Obvious. Yeah. You can't get away with that in the internet age. Now it's mm-hmm. all under a microscope. Everyone's going to hate it before you do it. Yeah. Now, I feel, uh, I feel like AEW has been doing it pretty well. I mean, there are things I actually was, I, I, I really wanted them to bring Miro in. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the people I feel like they had to bring in a while ago. Like I kind of want, I wanted AEW to really go after the guys, these international guys. Mm-hmm. That WWE doesn't do anything with. Yeah. To make them more of a global brand, you know, like I, so I kind of like, he was one of them. If they can get like Alistair Black, you know, if they can Mm -hmm. get Buddy Murphy. I'm waiting for Cesaro. Cesaro, Nakamura. If they can get these guys where WWE is not doing anything with them anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the the gimmick every time that uh, WWE brings in a foreign guy, their gimmick is I'm foreign. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. It's not a it's not a what a great wrestler, what a great speaker. It's a kind of a, a cool appeal. Because I know, yeah, kind of like when we watch New Japan, it kind of has that because they're all you know Japanese. So to me, it's a foreign <laughs> appeal to them. It's not you know, but yeah. the American guys who come in and their gimmick is not I'm an American. You know exactly. Yeah, you've got uh, you know Lance Archer and uh, John Moxley going over there. It's like John Moxley's basically. This is probably going to be shit on, but I think John Moxley's like the new generation Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. I mean, Jim Cornette hates him because of that. Yeah, uh, I think he's a little too goofy. Like, yeah, amazing wrestler, amazing talent, amazing on the mic. The dude can fucking wrestle, but sometimes when he's things he says, it's just so cheesy, and I'm like, yeah, no, I want you to like smash beer yeah. together and chug it you know yeah. don't be like calling someone a dork like i guess that's not yeah he, he has that thing where it's like he's kind of like a comic who has five minutes mm-hmm. but he's going out there and doing 17 yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i go i can see you're funny but it's just not you didn't work on it enough yeah but i i had a friend a very close friend he was a writer in wwe and uh it's fun because like when they were pushing, you know, Roman so much as the big baby face guy, mm-hmm. I'd always tell him, I was like, I don't understand why it's him over Rollins and Ambrose. He's like, no, but he's the best guy. And, it, and he really yeah. believed that he was the best guy. It's like, no, but Ambrose is better than him on the mic and Rollins is better than he is in the ring. So like, just yeah. that alone. And he goes, no, because Ambrose is just like, what's his thing? He's cool. So what? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you're kind of right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you I see you do kind of have a point. Yeah, he is. He's just like kind of a cool guy. Interesting thing with um, the Shield is you've got Seth Rollins, the talent. Yeah, you've got Dean Ambrose, the voice, and you've got Roman Reigns, the look. Yes, and that's they were great together, but but separating them was rough. On, on Facebook, they said like Roman Reigns and the Shield was the cherry on top, mm-hmm. but then. Reigns alone is just a can of cherry, and nobody wants a can of cherries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically all it was. Have you been following uh, Roman Reigns now with Heyman? Yeah, now, obviously, they turn him heel freaking five years later, and it's it's cool. It's compelling yeah. to watch. But you know, they do a thing. This is what WCW used to do: is they would bring somebody back when he, they're the finally over, mm-hmm. like Roman Reigns coming back from freaking leukemia. And he's actual good. Like, even I'm happy to see him. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was sick of the guys. Like, oh, cool. And they turn him heel. You're turning him heel. Yeah. Oh, it's like, why didn't you turn him heel before? You know, it's. Mm-hmm. And WCW would do stuff like that. They would bring somebody back on the heels of baby and then just turn him heel. Like, yeah. it made no sense. You know, just like. Yeah. But I am enjoying it because that show is pretty bad. So yeah. I'll take the difference of it, you know. Anytime I can get Paul Heyman in pro wrestling i'm i'm in i loved him when he uh he managed the king of swing cesaro and he turned uh michael mcgillicuddy into curtis axel very short lived too (laughs) yeah it was it was like weeks it didn't make any sense Um, three times yeah and uh i was like this guy beat triple h three times and he was teaming with Rybaxel, whatever their tag oh boy yeah ryback yeah it's very interesting Uh, the only thing I don't like about Roman Reigns now, yeah, I, I enjoyed him uh, before, before the like leukemia, you yeah. know, but I hated that he was. F- I don't like when pro wrestlers are forced on you. Of course, yeah, and that's that's the thing that WWE doesn't get uh, is that yes, you want to make this your star, but don't 
force it. Yeah, yeah. They for some reason they just couldn't chill for like a year with that. When he got injured, because mm-hmm. I don't know if it is big push, he got injured for a few months. And then in that time, Daniel Bryan came back. Everybody was loving him. Ambrose got over. Dolph Ziggler was super over. You know, mm-hmm. he had those amazing ladder matches with Luke Harper. Yeah. The guy's the best. He's the best seller. Right yeah, now. yeah. And basically, Roman comes like, no, it's going to be this guy. I was like, if they just, like, at Mania 31, where they gave him whatever, they had put him in with Brock, and they had to do the thing with Rollins, which was cool, honestly. Mm-hmm. If all they had done is on the card switched – Roman and Daniel Bryan. So it's Bryan against Brock for the title and Roman win, won the Intercontinental title in that yeah. ladder match. People would have loved it and he could have just headlined the next year. Yeah. That they had him headline that year and for the five next years. Mm-hmm. Five next year. Nobody has done that. Yeah. Theme, all, I, I think I think maybe Hogan did it five years in a row, but oh yeah. That's really it. Yeah. Speaking of uh Hogan and, and on the same uh you know, wavelength of this is I just started um, WWE Raw from episode one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That was Taker Damian Demento, right? It's, uh, <laughs> I think of the main event or something. Something like that. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sometime, uh, it started in uh, January and I'm sometime in April now. So I've been watching every episode and then I'll watch the pay per views. And, Hogan returns at WrestleMania nine. Yeah. 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 After Bret Hart and Yokozuna. Yeah. Like Yokozuna wins. And then Hulk Hogan's like, I'll throw up a challenge brother. And then like beats him right there. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not what we wanted. People back in, in when that came out back in 93, watching WrestleMania, that's not what you wanted. You wanted Bret Hart to either win or Bret to be fucked over. Yeah. When they did Hogan warrior in mania six, apparently that was supposed to be, the end of Hogan. That was mm-hmm. like, okay. It's been enough. Enough now. <laughs> you know, that's we're gonna do Warrior now. It didn't work out, but mm-hmm. I think Hogan has been long. Kind of, I guess his heel turn saved him. But it's crazy to think as ninety three, I was still young. Like that was like the first or second pay per view I watched. You know, yeah. and uh, I remember people were sick of Hogan back then, which is mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible to think of. You know what else is kind of weird to think of? Uh, I remember. About two years ago, 2018, was supposed to be the end of Bret Hart's 20-year contract that he signed with Vince McMahon prior to the screw job. So that oh, never wow. happened. He would have been there until two years ago. That's <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. How different that would have been? So, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that really sticks out for me of, like, how would things have been different? Like, put Macho Man on, on commentary? Like, really? Yeah. That's what you're going to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bastion Booger as um, Friar Ferguson? Like, it was a little bit too much of just like, hey, let's really push these odd things on you. I know, but for some reason, as bad as all that TV was, I guess when I was a kid, I just loved that shit, man. Like, I, I loved Friar Ferguson. I, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, who's this guy? It was kind of yeah. that thing. Because even now, I'll go. I watched a match on uh, YouTube. I watched um, Kamala uh, versus Doink the Clown. Mm-hmm. Like a dumb match ends an account that all revolves around a birthday present, you know? But I was like, yeah. It was dumb. But for some reason, I kind of like it more than when I see Ricochet versus Cedric Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're doing a bunch of cool moves. I go, but I'm more entertained by it. There is something to yeah. that, you know? And, you know? and I showed. I was watching that match with a friend of mine. He doesn't watch wrestling. He's a young, he's actually, he's like 21 years old. He's not mm-hmm. here. So he doesn't, you know, wrestling is not his thing. And he watched it. He was, he, and he saw Doink. He's like, 
wow, this guy is like scarier than the Joker to me. You know, there was something about the characters back then. You just believed in them more. Yeah. yeah. Doink was very creepy. Like I, so I'm watching 1993 raw and I just watched the Kamala versus uh, Doink the clown. Which oh, was March, it was like March 93. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was over like some kind of present. Yeah. Birthday present. present. But yeah. And then Doink Bob, is like, I'm sorry. I'm dumb. At the, yeah. at the end of it, but it looked like a scary guy. And I was like, this is kind of what, this is where I kind of understand. Like, this is kind of what wrestling's missing. Cause I mean, I love Ricochet. He's great. But it's like mm-hmm. the guy, I, I can imagine seeing him in Echo Park eating ice cream. You know? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's the thing. It's like in wrestling now it's, well, who is he? Yeah. Great. Seth Rollins is a great worker, but who right. is he? Excellent. Oh, burn it down. Okay. Yeah. What is that supposed to mean? You know, they, they don't really like, you know. build the character it's just yeah. a well you're seth rollins oh you're the monday night messiah now yeah. okay what does that mean or you look at kamala i really thought kamala was whatever the fuck he was yeah never, um, um, uh, ugandan he, giant yeah, yeah yeah i was like man this guy is kind of freaking me out you know i saw a promo that nails cut on undertaker just like a nails promo and it was like the scariest thing i've ever yeah. seen i was like we're not getting anything like this anymore you know i guess like bray wyatt is is trying to do that you know yep. uh but that's just that's really kind of it you know and i don't yeah. even know if that can come back i i don't know if it's possible yeah it's it's interesting too it's like um i, I think of this all the time when i'm watching wrestling you know we'll never get another undertaker um, I think the fiend could be that if they if they didn't already kind of screw him up, but <laughs> you know. But yeah, in that, and I just why I hate that mask. Like, <laughs> this is why I feel like the next evolution of wrestling, and it's going to have to be WWE that does it because they're the biggest one and they have the least to lose. The mm-hmm. next evolution is you do this kind of World Series of wrestling where yeah, you send your guys to New Japan, to AEW, to TNA. Because if you're just seeing them on the same TV show every week, they're not special. Yeah. Not special. You're seeing the fiend do his thing every week on the same show. He's gonna have to lose to somebody and then it kills it. Whereas if he just pulled away, you send him or you send Walter from NXT, you send these people to different places and you're just interested and you're watching everything more, you know? Mm-hmm. they'll just never do it because the mentality is so old like no, no it has to be us i'm gonna try to put everybody else about a business like oh yeah but you're not yeah. gonna do that anyway so why that's, bother, yeah you know? that's what i loved about um tna back in the you know the mid 2000s they did uh you know the x cup yeah and they had you know uh mexican wrestlers uh canadian wrestlers japanese wrestlers yeah. all competing against each other and it was like awesome like that's great yeah but now i think obviously there's like I mean, I don't know this 100%, obviously, but, uh, you know, there's the this bad blood between All Elite Wrestling and New Japan. I don't know if, that, if that's still going on. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if it is. With a check, but, you know. But that would have been a beautiful or, partnership. That's what of, I thought it was going to be. I was kind mm-hmm. of sure it was going to be that. They were going to be working together, and they would get a lot out of that because then you would see a good Kenny, that Kenny Omega could be in a, a tag team with Hangman Page, but he has his singles matches there. Yeah, you no, know, it's like, and it's you're, it's cool seeing them in a different environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe at Mania, someone does an open challenge, and someone from AEW or Chris Jericho shows up just for one Mania. Yeah, do it. What are you going to lose? What's what do you think yeah. happened from that? You know, I mean, they did that back in uh, two thousand. 
2009 or 2008 where uh christian cage yeah christian went to tna or something he was in he was in tna and he did oh that's what it was he went back to wwe but he came back to tna to induct someone into the hall of fame and it was a deal so that rick flair could do something with wwe they did the trade yeah and it's like okay i'm going to tune in to see rick flair and in TNA or in WWE, and I'm going to tune in to see Christian Cage return yeah. to TNA. I think it's a win-win, but also if your your mentality is I need to destroy the competition yeah. and get them out of business, then yeah, that's not great. If they were able, if they weren't even able to put TNA out of business, they're not putting it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, look at what uh, NWA and uh, yeah. AEW have their agreement now. You've got uh, Thunder Rosa, one of the yeah, yeah, best. Yeah female wrestlers defended the NWA women's championship on Wednesday. That's uh, amazing. Amazing what AEW is doing. And I like, I don't care. We talked about this a little bit, but I don't really care for John Moxley because a lot of stuff that he says is cheesy. Yeah. I I think he's a great wrestler. Uh, You know, he's a, a good guy to have the belt on. But the good thing with AEW is John Moxley's not shoved down my throat. Yeah, sure. I may not, I may not like a certain wrestler in AEW, but not shoved down my throat. The like, only thing I don't like about Moxley is that he, I kind of feel like they have to put the belt on a guy who is not in WWE because it was Jericho, it was Moxley, it was almost Cody. It's like you guys got to put it on somebody. Well, look, <laughs> look right now. You've got Brody Lee as the TNT champion. Yeah. You've got the Revival as the tag team yeah. champion, and John Moxley is the world no. champion. To me, that's not good. We just need a uh, Tyanara Conti to get the uh, women's yeah. championship, and then you know yeah. trifecta, you know there. No, but, I, uh, that's my next thing. Is like who's going to be the guy? I think you know someone like Hangman Page could be that guy. It's got to be mm-hmm. somebody else. I expected uh, uh, MJF to take the belt. You can't have going to, uh, but I might have preferred that to having Moxley right now, just to Mm -hmm. not have it on an old WWE guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that they're building Moxley and uh, Archer. Yeah, so much when they should still be building that Moxley cheated. Yes, in his match, there should be a rematch, and then surprise. Well, the thing is, they're doing. I think aren't they doing? Are they doing that at the pay per view? Archer and Moxley. They're doing it. On they're that? doing it at the one year anniversary show on yeah. TNT. I have a feeling at the next pay per view they'll probably do Moxley and and, and uh, MJF. Again. Yeah. One thing that they haven't done is they haven't done multiple matches between uh, two people mm-hmm. uh, for the belt. So I would like to see MJF versus Moxley at full gear. And MJF cheats and wins. Right, yeah. And then they have to do their third match, which, you know, they do that rubber match. And then we get an actual storyline in the main event where it's not just yeah. like, oh, John Moxley's got to go against Brian Cage. Cool. John Moxley's going against Archer. Because MJF is so young, I can kind of see them. Maybe they want to. Because I can see that they do a thing where maybe him and Wardlow. and the t- They do like, like how uh, Diesel and Shawn Michaels back in the day. Yeah, when the tag belts together, they you know MJF gets the Intercontinental title, and then mm-hmm. maybe they both feud over the world title in like a year or two. You yeah, know, try to drag it. I can see that, you know. Yeah, I just don't like the MJF loss. You know, he's got yeah. that loss, but it is kind of a stricken from the. Re- it's a loss that doesn't count, you know. Yeah. So that you know that means something, but yeah. the, like you don't like the loss is good. 
because that means the wins and losses matter. Whereas yes. WWE, everyone's losing and winning all the time. It doesn't make you know, it means nothing. Yeah. You know? One thing that uh, that really stood out for me uh, with what you're saying is back when back you know late nineties. I mean ninety eight. You've got the Hollywood star, The Rock. You've got the badass uh, Texas drinker you've got the dead man you've got the man in the boiler room yeah you've got uh you know the rock and roller uh chris jericho those are like your five main guys you know going for the belt and once you're in the title picture for the world title you didn't go back to the european yeah, title the intercontinental title they give like then they give the like like aj styles has the intercontinental. yeah i hate that shit because like it devalues the performer and it devalues the title mm-hmm. that looks like this guy's going backwards just yeah. anyone anyone can have the title at any time and yeah. that's what bothers me i'm not right now either. uh 93 uh you know raw Shawn michaels was the intercontinental champion yeah and he remains in the intercontinental title picture for years before finally, you know, going against Brett and, yeah. and, and winning it. And then, you know what? He never goes back to the intercontinental title yeah. or the European. Yeah. I think the first person to do that was triple H. And that's what I was going to get at. Triple H uh, won the intercontinental title. Austin was the champion and they were the tag team champions. Yeah. And I hated that. But I was like, okay, I guess it's a thing they're doing. But then they just always did it from then on. Because then mm-hmm. Kane won the Intercon. I was like, oh, now it's just like, what's the point of having this belt? It's yeah. It's not that real promotion. Yeah. Because like you look at The Rock, he debuted, what, 96? Survivor Series 96. Yeah. He stuck around until 2003. But for the most part, he was done in like 2000, 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like career expectancy for wrestlers was typically like five years. So within that five years, you know, you're getting over the first year or so. Then you spend two years chasing the mid-card title. And then after the mid-card title, you finally are like, okay, I moved into the main event picture. Could you imagine Kurt Angle going for the Intercontinental title? What? Why would you do that? Could you imagine The Undertaker? Like the worst was when Ric Flair won the Intercontinental Title. You remember that? I mean, I can. I guess I agree with that. During the whole Evolution, something like thing? he. No, no, no. It was after the Evolution where he won it. He was a babyface, and he had to even go like this title. I swear to God, it means just as much to me as all my world titles. Like he had to like say that. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason you have a mid-card title. That means yeah. that you're a mid-card performer and you're on your way to the top. say that it worked for me was when John Cena won the U.S. title and he was doing that open challenge. Because that was like a callback. It got yeah. the title over. A throwback, yeah. Okay, that was, this was a one time where I kind of mm-hmm. liked that. It kept Cena out of the world title picture because we were sick of seeing him there, you know? Yeah, that's another... Uh, John Cena, what an unfortunate place for him being yeah. shot to the moon like Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And I think John Cena's. Everyone can agree, John Cena is one of the best workers yeah. to ever exist in pro wrestling. Yeah, some people could argue that he is the greatest of all time. Yes, absolutely. But the thing is, we want John Cena heel. Mm-hmm. That's what the fans want, and sure, he sells a lot of merch, but he kind of did heel on the Total Bella show. Oh yeah, it was his way of being a heel when he was kind of, but when he was like being mean to Daniel Bryan. He's kind of you can tell he was acting on that show. There's no way he's really like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. 
there's no way that uh, Total Divas, you think Paige is yeah. friends with Natalia Neidhart? No. I think his chance to go heel was when CM Punk uh, was having his thing, the Summer of mm-hmm. Punk, and he was feuding with Cena. Anyway, that was where you should have done the double turn with yeah. Vince. And Cena would have been a great heel feuding with a face punk. And I think mm-hmm. they really lost that opportunity. And they could yeah. say merchandise this. He would still sell the merchandise. And Daniel Bryan was selling a lot of merchandise at that time, too. It's kind of like... Oh, the Yes Movement? You know? Yeah. yeah. I look at wrestling over the last uh, 10 years, and two things really stick out for me uh, in WWE. Mm-hmm. Summer Punk and the Yes Movement. Yeah. This is the first time WWE is really pushing someone that the fans want with Daniel Bryan. And you have a genuine storyline of obviously CM Punk didn't want to be there. Look, yeah. he quit four years yeah. later or yeah. two years later, whatever it was. Never came back. And and uh, you've got someone whose contract is up, leaves with the belt. Obviously, they re-sign him, but you should have played it out for six months, played up to WrestleMania. You've got Punk taking the, the world championship at SummerSlam. Yeah. Played up to WrestleMania. Instead, yeah. they squashed it almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave John Cena his own belt, and then it was like CM Punk came back, and then it didn't matter. He lost to Triple H. I was like, I thought maybe it was going to be – I was kind of excited because like Triple H was a new GM. I was like, oh, they're going to build up the Punk Triple H for Mania. They did it right away in September, and he lost. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. why? You know? Yeah. I thought basically Daniel Bryan and CM Punk were going to be the new Cena and Orton at that time. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. It's still Orton, and Cena's gone. And yeah. it was kind of the – what was the point? You know? Mm-hmm. They don't, I don't know, they don't prioritize making interesting TV. I don't really know what their priority is. And I'm pretty sure it's basically when they see someone like CM Punk or Daniel Bryan get over the way they do, they just don't want, they don't want somebody to be able to hold them hostage like Austin or yeah. Hogan did, you know? So they go like, and it's something that they didn't create. Yes. That's, that's, I, I, that's the thing that bothers me is like, as soon as something gets over, that they didn't create, that's when WWE kind of turns on it. I mean, look at Zack Ryder. I mean, uh, Zack Ryder's a goofy, annoying yeah. weirdo, but the guy's a great worker, not the character Zack Ryder. Yeah. He's very enjoyable, like, whoa, 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 you know it. Oh, my fucking God. What a dumb fucking thing. Yeah. But he made the internet uh, championship, Long Island IC, like Z, Long Island story, whatever it was. But I think, Huge. I think it's more than that. I think even if you get over, like The Miz a few years ago got super over with their own shit. And when he had his big thing where he was going at Mania against Cena again, the crowd mm-hmm. was cheering him like, really? He, he, just, he lost to Cena who only came back for that match and left again. Yeah, He got over with their stuff. He's their mm-hmm. guy. I think they just don't want, they want it to be lukewarm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want it to be like baseball. People like nobody's really losing their shit over baseball anymore. You go mm-hmm. and watch baseball, and it's not really about the game. You eat the hot dog and you leave. Like I feel like they kind, of, but it's a multi-billion-dollar thing. I think that's kind of what they want for their wrestling. Like, yeah, you don't care. That about makes them, sense. You know, yeah. But Roman Reigns got leukemia. He left. It didn't affect the ratings one iota. He came back mm-hmm. and it helped only because he turned heel. And it's interesting, but yeah. it didn't matter. And I think they like that. They, mm-hmm. We don't want to be dependent. We want to just fire whoever we can fire when we have to do it. And that's it. You know? Yeah, I guess that makes sense because they, they lose The Rock. They've lost Cena, essentially. Yeah. And, it hurt and it's like, happened. you can't. Yeah, you 
I guess WWE sees it. You can't have a wrestler bigger than your company working for your company, or you're just going to shit all over him where it's like, uh, that's not great. That's what I loved about uh, late nineties wrestling is you've got Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, the rock, the undertaker. I notice now is nobody can come out. Nobody can come out more than once on a show. Austin used to come out at the beginning of the show. People would go crazy. And they, Raise hell. Again, and they would go crazy again. Now someone comes out at the beginning, they'll go crazy. Not as crazy as before. And then when they yeah. come out again, it's silent. So they, oh, I already saw this guy. You know? Oh my God, you hear the glass shatter? Yeah. Like that was really... But dude, even when I was watching, I watched like Kane versus Gangrel from a Raw. And they were going nuts for both of those guys. Yeah. Like more than they go nuts for, you know, Drew McIntyre or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a different time. It was a different, it was just, it was just done better. It was done, like, it was done with care and urgency. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think Drew McIntyre is basically Vince McMahon's wet dream. Yeah. He's what, six, five, six, seven, something like that. The dude is jacked, amazing performer, great on the mic. But then it just comes down to, well, who are you? Yeah. Well, cool. You're are Scottish. You, are you the draw? And very yeah. few people there are the draw. Like, mm-hmm. Drew, like no one's really tuning in for Drew McIntyre. It's unfortunate, <laughs> but they're not, you know, mm-hmm. they're kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know who people are tuning in. They're just tuning in to watch wrestling and seeing what's happening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I haven't, I haven't Brock watched Lesnar. They, they tune in for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know? I haven't watched WWE. I haven't watched raw in where the hell are we? September? I haven't watched it since the beginning of over I only yeah. watch the I watch the pay per views. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll see recaps there, and that's enough. You know. I don't yeah, that. yeah. I watched. Uh, I haven't watched Monday Night Raw since uh, August of 2019. I think oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. before they before the move to Fox, because one of the things that they were trying to do is get Donald Trump on. Oh really? Avoid that. I thought they were trying to avoid any any association. Fox wanted yeah, Donald I think Trump. Fox knew I wanted it yeah. for Smack SmackDown's debut. Uh, on Fox, and I was thinking, this shouldn't even be yeah. a, a concept. No matter, well, I guess politics don't have to be into this. It's just, right. why do you need to bring Donald Trump into this? Because I watch wrestling for wrestling. Like yeah. he's not going to add to storylines. He's not going to add to the matches. Anything. It's just you're trying to throw someone that has nothing to do with anything just for ratings. Just trying to make it more important than it is. You know, like oh, I'm mm-hmm. president there, but uh, I think. But when I talked to my friend who worked there, I think they were I think they were trying to sort of not be associated because they don't want to ruffle any feather. They don't want you know, obviously the yeah. ends and all that stuff, but yeah. They were trying to go in the directions like, no, we can't associate just because You shouldn't even toy with the idea. Right. But also at that point, leading up to that, it was also like Raw wasn't good, SmackDown wasn't good. So it's like, cool, here's the final straw. This is what you guys are kind of throwing around as an idea. Cool. I don't need to watch this anymore. Right. I Watch the Royal Rumble every single year. That is my favorite show. Rumble was great this last. The time. Rumble's always great. I have a drinking game. There's been bad Rumbles, man. That one that uh, that started with Miz and our Truth. I don't know what Rumble that was. That was an awful Rumble. Uh, I don't know. I I can't get over Rumble. I I I will never say I can I can never agree with you on that. I've always enjoyed Royal Rumble. Always. 
What about the one that Batista won? I mean, you get the people who win, uh, I don't agree with. Right. We just enjoy the journey a little bit. Yeah, I enjoy the journey. I enjoy the surprises of it. They always try to throw in a you know few surprise entrants. Um, Kofi gets his spot for the yeah. most part. He didn't get it this time, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I f- just find it interesting because it's a it's a, a hour and what hour and a half match where every three seconds something yeah. new happens. I love the uh, women's rumble, not this past one, the last one that Becky won. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that rumble a lot, and I like the men's rumble this past year. I think those were the two best rumbles we had in a while because it was yeah. a, it was a streak of not so great the one that roman one wasn't so great the one that sheamus one wasn't so great the one that batista one it, there were a little kind of like they phoned it in with the rumbles for yeah i just i mean i i almost never agree with the winner of the rumble yeah because the thing the thing about the rumble is this is a way to get over someone new yeah roman reigns doesn't need to win a rumble brock lesnar doesn't have to win a rumble batista doesn't have to win a rumble you're going to get thrown in the main event anyways anyway, exactly yeah you have like uh, you know, uh, obviously, late '90s, uh, early 2000s, it was like, oh, okay, the, the Rock wins the Rumble. Yeah, you know, the yeah. Rock, the Rock, and Big Show win the Rumble. Yeah, but then that led to one of my most favorite WrestleMania matches, the Fatal Four Way. Oh, really? At WrestleMania 2000? I loved that match. You've got a McMahon behind yeah. every single person. I thought that was so good. Then you've got uh, Royal Rumble, what, 98? You've got Mick Foley entering three times. Yes. Fucking great. But yeah, it's it, I just love every 90 seconds, the match changes Yeah, completely. Money in the Bank has kind of, for me, overtaken Ooh. Royal Rumble in terms of... I do always love that, too. You know, I really like Money in the Bank. And you know, I miss uh, King of the Ring. Like the real thing of the yes. not the garbage they do sometimes here. Yeah, they do it on like a Monday Night Raw, just a random. I thought instead of doing that, they do like a men's money in the bank and a women's money in the bank. They should just have kept the men doing the money in the bank and just rebranded, made it queen of the ring. And they have, and it's a women's turn. They give them their own thing, you know? I mean, I would be fine with uh, King of the Ring where it's, you don't even have to call it queen of the ring. Right. Call it king of the ring and you've got a women's match, a men's match, king of the ring. I mean, look at Becky Lynch. She goes by the man. Right. That's uh, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, King of the Ring is the next pay-per-view coming up on 1993 oh, Monday Night Raw that I'm watching. King of the Ring, man. First ever yeah. King of the Ring. I think that was the first ever televised King of the Ring. There was one, I think, the year before where Bret Hart won that as well. Mm. I just wasn't televised or something. But Oh, interesting. Yeah, they keep saying this is the first ever yeah. King of the Ring. And so now they're doing the qualifying matches. And it's yeah. like... Fuck yeah. I used to absolutely love that. I love one of my favorite. You got uh, King of the Ring 1998. You've got all of DX in it. Yeah. And you've got like the deadly game they did at Survivor Series that one year where it was like a 16 person tournament for the WWE title. And like, I just love that tournament stuff if it's done. Did The Rock win? Yeah, that was the one with The Rock. They did the double turn with Rock and Foley at the end. They did that. Yeah. After the screw job. Yeah, because he rolled up Big Boss Man in like two seconds. Yeah, yeah, and Dwayne Gill was in there. I genuinely miss King of the Ring. Yeah. I mean, cool, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's King of the Ring and won Money in the Bank yeah. and then lost Money yeah. in the Bank. He's like the, he's like the fanciest jobber they have. Like yeah, one it's rough. One fanciest jobber. <laughs> yeah. They give him everything and then they just make him lose all the time. Yeah, they. he's got the X-Pac heat yeah. of 
you know, no one wants to see this guy. He's yeah. not a good heel. No, no one wants to see this thing. guy. He knows how to work, but they yeah. they ruined them with that constable thing where he just looks like a waiter. Yeah. And, uh, now, <laughs> well, I don't want, I can't imagine this guy winning a title, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that he got a lot of, uh, he got made fun of a lot for his, he lost a lot of weight. So yeah. he's got a lot of extra skin. Yeah. And people always were talking about his stomach jiggling. Oh, his really? stomach skin jiggling. Okay. And then people were constantly making fun of like, the dude's bald, just let him cut his hair. Cut his hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they kept that going for too long. And then it was just like, okay, now, now he shaves his mustache and he's got a bald head, but he just looks like a giant baby. Yeah. So I can't, I can't take him serious. And then, yeah, he was like a, a you know, valet, you know, a restaurant worker. And yeah, I don't know how they're going to rebrand him, but I, I, they have to, they have to do something for that guy. Yeah. He, I think I, I saw something about him wanting to get like a head tattoo. Like a skull tattoo. Fuck, do I miss Bam Bam Bigelow? I I know. I would love to see like Bam Bam Bigelow versus like Samoa Joe. Yeah. I I, we haven't uh, hit on uh, ECW at all. Did you ever watch ECW? I didn't watch ECW while it was on. I lived in Canada. We didn't really get any of that. Yeah. I mean, I'd read the book. I'd watch some old clips. And obviously when it Mm -hmm. came back, I wasn't really even watching wrestling at all when it had its one night stand. But I came back just to watch the one night stand. One night stand, 2005. Yeah. And they really ruined that thing too. Like they ruined it almost like on purpose, you know? It, um, one night stand, the first one or the second one? Both one night stand pay-per-views were great. I'm talking mm-hmm. about they brought the brand back. And oh, yes. Like, Ruined it. Oh, you've got a zombie? Yeah. A zombie versus Sandman? Like, man, this was the perfect... Like, you know, there were a million people watching this thing a week that yeah. actually want... Like, you didn't... You really had to do nothing. Just let it go mm-hmm. the way it was going. Give it a time slot. Make it yeah. a bit different or something. And that's it. And they just yeah. help themselves. They just had to just like make it awful for some reason. Yeah. And the, the main thing with ECW is sure there's chairs and tables, but not in every match. No, like it's not as the, people thought the rules were relaxed. Yeah. That's all that it was like Rob Van Dam, ECW's main guy, his finishing move was with a steel chair. Yeah. But then WWE added disqualifications oh, to the matches. God, it was terrible. Yeah. Or they forced uh, weapons into the match, which ECW didn't do. If if Paul Heyman genuinely had ECW yeah. like he did SmackDown 2002, okay. 2003. Paul Heyman wanted to do uh, what NXT is. That mm-hmm. was his vision for ECW. It was like nobody really that old and we're just doing mm-hmm. – uh, he wants to do even different than what ECW was. Yeah, but they weren't even doing what ECW was, and a lot of people kind of kind of blame when RVD and Sabu got basically caught busted for pot. Yeah, yeah they kind of blamed that, which maybe, but like, why ruin the whole thing for that? You know, that yeah, doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, Rob Van Dam wins Money in the Bank and then cashes it in on the WWE Championship, yeah. turns it into the ECW Championship. Yeah, and then they strip him of the title. Yeah, bullshit. Turn it into a storyline. Sure, he's suspended for 30 days. Okay, Rob Van Dam got injured. Yeah, and they, they do that for people. They just yeah. do it then, and you know. That's that's one thing that I miss is uh we're now in the internet age of cool um you know, uh Karen Cross uh split his shoulder, whatever happened. 
don't fucking tell us that. Tell us that that fucking Adam Cole right broke yeah. his yeah. shoulder. Make it an angle, yeah. Quit making it so real keep the drama going keep the storyline going and they do that too often like oh Samoa Joe you know fucking broke his thumb or whatever okay how about you do a storyline where Samoa Joe attacks someone and they force him to do commentary instead yeah you know it's it's far too often Jeff Hardy uh drinks and drives cool yeah that's happened over and over and over and you're suspending him for fucking uh a month yeah do you want to keep taking these stars you keep building up who who make mistakes everyone makes mistakes mm-hmm. and then every time they make a mistake you put them all the way back to the yeah, bottom yeah, or do you want to yeah. fucking get paid on this turn it into a storyline obviously they did with Seamus which was very fucking stupid yeah where Jeff oh, uh, yeah. they did that angle before though I think yeah he like killed Elias yeah. and then and then the cop like opens oh, the door and like grabs a piece of paper and he's like terrible. Jeff Hardy? Oh, awful, awful. Do you think New Japan will ever come to the States? Do you think I'll ever get over here? I know a long time ago, we're going to do a thing where they're going to televise New- before AEW. They wanted to do a, an American television show where it's New Japan. The way it mm-hmm. is, but the American commentary was going to be CM Punk and, and uh, Jim Ross. Oof, that would be amazing. And I thought that would have, honestly, that would have been enough. I don't need AEW if I just had that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just had that. And all yeah, I mean, there. we've got uh, New Japan's here now. Uh, so you probably don't know this. I trained uh, to be a pro wrestler. Oh, okay. Uh, I trained uh, here in in Los Angeles at Santino Brothers for about nine months. Nice. And um, and then I got in a car accident. And then I spent two years dealing with all that. Oh, don't need to get into it. But basically, no way for me to go back. And this guy that I trained with, DKC, that's what he goes by now. Dylan Kyle Cox. Trained with this guy. The guy's fucking amazing a great performer the dude just gets wrestling and now he's in the new uh new japan stuff here in oh, california okay i still get to see like a lot of what's going on with new japan here in california because i spent nine months right. training with socal wrestlers and a lot of them are all involved so i really do think i think when covid's when things get to a point where we've got live pro wrestling and stuff i think new Japan's going to do a very big thing here in the states yeah okay but i don't think it's going to be able to take over uh you know AEW or anything i think yeah. AEW is uh, AEW 100% is cemented as the number 2 the number 2 i wouldn't even say that i would say i would say we've got four four wrestling shows in w, in uh the states we've got raw smackdown nxt and aw yeah in a sense i would say aw is number two against smackdown yeah i think it would go smackdown aew raw nxt but if you put aew on a monday or a friday they will kill wwe in ratings yeah easily but smackdown their ratings have been pretty decent and the show is better than raw yeah like they, they might they might beat raw honestly because mm-hmm. raw is just a bad show like everybody knows it's awful yeah it's terrible mm-hmm. the way this show works is uh i reach out to the guests they give us a couple ideas of of kind of topics they want to deal yeah uh, you know deal with and i ultimately say hey this is what we're going to do but the guests tell me what i am supposed to drink and i just agree and i move on with it and you May I call you a son of a bitch? Sure. Uh, said kombucha. Yeah. 
because you don't drink. I don't drink anymore now. Yeah, you don't drink anymore. But kombucha has what 0.5 percent alcohol yeah, or something. Some with like three percent. Yeah, it's uh, it's very, very low. So you yeah. suggested kombucha. Anytime that someone wants to hop on the show and talk about pro wrestling, I am fucking in. Yeah. So there's no way that I could say no to kombucha, which technically does have alcohol. Yes. And for the record, I poured vodka into my kombucha. I can't even taste the vodka. Yeah, it's I just taste kombucha. What flavor did you get? I got raspberry lemon, okay. raspberry, two things that don't really go well. What brand? What brand? Um, it was like, it's called like absolutely kombucha or definitely kombucha or. I don't even know that one. It's a circus liquor uh, here in, uh, in the Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love this place. It's the only place I go to to buy liquor because their prices are insane. I bought a, a handle of vodka. For twelve ninety nine, three olives, good vodka, um, and all they had for kombucha was just these two. Uh, it was it was like a lemon lime something or like a mango. I don't know. Yeah, but I love raspberry. I recommend healthy. That's kind of my favorite brand. The health. Where do you get that? You can get this really anywhere. I, I got this at Seven Eleven. It's at CVS, and uh, Pink Lady Apple is good. My favorite flavor is. Uh, Blood orange carrot ginger. Yikes! Oh, that's what I got. I got raspberry ginger. Okay. So it's it's cutting it's cutting it all right, you know. Okay. I love raspberry. Mm-hmm. I love ginger ale. Yeah, ginger uh, underrated. I never want yeah. it, and when I have it, I'm like, oh, it's the best. Gin and ginger ale, mm-hmm. so good. Vodka ginger ale, so good. Whiskey ginger ale, like so vodka, good. Vodka and grape Gatorade. Uh, vodka cucumber Gatorade. Okay. It's so good. I did an episode uh, that's going to be releasing after this one. little plug for the show, but Tom Flynn is joining us again. We're going to talk about Alien, the franchise, and we have vodka cucumber Gatorade. Yeah. It's so good. But um, but yeah, kombucha. This is the second time I've ever had kombucha ever. Right. And uh, yeah, so I, I added vodka. I, I kind of hated it the first 10 times I had it. Yeah. yeah. Why did you keep going? It was just, it kept popping up and something kind of attracted me to it. And then I just started loving it and I became addicted to it. I started shoplifting them because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> they are expensive. I literally got addicted to kombucha. Yeah. Now I've kind of calmed it down a little bit. I'll have a few a week and that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just a few. Yeah. Yeah. Just a taste. Just a taste. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because also I try not to drink. I used to drink soft drinks like crazy, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it's kind of, it's a good alternative to that. Not yeah, sugar. My wife always did diet sodas, and I yeah. always was like, yeah. oh, "Diet sodas don't taste good." Zero. I didn't mind Coke Zero. Well, all right, yeah. not bad. But like Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi. It was- yeah, I always just felt like uh, diet sodas are just—they're so watered down. I want the flavor. Yeah, and now like so, I, we've been together for two and a half years, and yeah. And so I've only drank diet sodas when I do have sodas, and then trying to go back to a normal soda, I'm just like, oof. This is rough. Brutal. This is a, a, too much flavor. Yeah. I want. I want to water this shit down. So yeah. So we're doing kombucha. Yes. Point 
0.5% alcohol. I mean, you're feeling as you put vodka. So yours is probably like more like 14%. Yeah. This is, this is the least amount of alcohol that any guest mm. on the five years of this show <laughs> has ever suggested. Yeah. So you don't drink anymore, but uh, you have uh, some drinking stories to share or a drinking story. Any, uh, I mean, I've gotten a ton of fights with people drinking uh, back in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I once almost smoked crack. Uh, I was at, uh, did you ever go to like Fufun and Ethic in Montreal? It's like a club and everybody would go, come to Montreal to go to from Ottawa, from Toronto. Uh, I only went to Ottawa. I never went to Montreal. Yeah, because I lived uh, directly across from Ottawa yeah. growing up. I can see Ottawa from my parents' house. Okay, okay. So you're right there. Yeah. I went, to, I went to this club. I brought my cousin from Belgium who was visiting there. And uh, we used to have shots of vodka for a dollar, you know, like mm-hmm. real vodka, like just you're shooting them up. And I had, I made him have like 17 shots. You know, Oof. like he's like, wait, I had yeah. 15, you know, because I was, yeah. Drinking. And uh, if it's a dollar, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So got super wasted. He vomits everywhere. And uh, I got to drag him out of this club. And I'm dragging him back to like, the car and he's collapsing everywhere. And then eventually I didn't even know we had this in Montreal. Like I kind of see this type of stuff here, but he passes out like indefinitely in this uh, crack alley where a bunch Mm -hmm. of people are smoking crack. I didn't even know. I didn't know we had that in in Canada and Montreal. Yeah. You know, like, Oh wow. We have this, you know, you see it in movies, but yes, it was literally an alley where a lot of people were smoking crack. And, uh, this woman comes up to me and she had a crack pipe and she goes, Oh, would you like to smoke some crack with me? You know? And I was like, all right. I didn't even have to think of it. That's the thing when you're drunk, it's like, you don't even like, yeah, no hesitation. Like my only concern was I didn't want to share the pipe with her. That was really all <laughs> I used her pipe. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it. You feel invincible. So we sit on the cinder block, which is like, what is another popular thing. It's like, like, you always used to see like kind of squeegee kids sitting on cinder blocks smoking. Yeah, the the uh, crackhead's throne. Yeah, uh, cinder block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting on a cinder block. It's me, her, and she had to borrow somebody else's pipe. Some other guy. Oh boy! So this is the so this is the second mouth. Yeah, I'm like, oh, taking yeah. out with both of them. So this guy comes. He has crack in his pipe. He takes a hit. She takes a hit. And it gets to me, and I'm going to take a hit, and it's like, and it's like, God save me! There was no crack left in the pipe. I can just <laughs> see, there's not. I can just see it's empty. It's like mm-hmm. burnt to this. I was like, is there anything in here? And it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to tell this during COVID times because just me holding the pipe is kind of freaking me out. Oh yeah, I'm holding the pipe. It's like, say, like, oh no! She goes, if you wanna, if you wanna smoke crack, you gotta go and you gotta buy some from that guy. So it's like. They scammed me. It's like a telemarketing scam. <laughs> they yeah. got me into. I was like, "Wow, it's like a pyramid scheme." And I was like, "Okay, no, I'm not going to smoke this crack. I was still wasted." I picked up my cousin. We drove home, which is not very irresponsible <laughs> to drink and drive like exclusively back yeah. then. Uh, but then I had that. I got caught drinking and driving before. Super cooperative, you know. Nothing really happened. It's like a police checkpoint. Yeah, like double the limit, you know. Four cops arrested me, and uh, that case went on. I have a whole joke about it, but that case went on for years. 
And I was always pleading guilty. I was like, yeah, I'll just plead guilty. I did it. There's no, I'm not fighting it, you know? Yeah. Let me pay. Let me serve my time. Let's get this over with. But it went on for so long because every time we'd go to court, like at least one of the cops wouldn't show up and the judge would delay the case. Jesus. And after and by then I left Canada. I moved to New York. And I was like, you know, it was year three of this, me coming back to go to, I was like, you know what? I don't want to plead guilty anymore. I'm not that guy. I don't care. You know what I mean? You can't. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to me now. Like I just kind of became a bit bitter at it. You know? Yeah. Like, you should have convicted me then. Or okay, two years, three, it's like going into four years. So eventually went in, the cops didn't show up again. And the judge got fed up. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm dismissing the case. You're That's I, was, right. I was like, wow. I, could, I was afraid I was going to get this criminal record. I won't be able to go back to the States anymore. Yeah. And, uh, for for anyone in this situation, your moment of like learning that you did wrong is obviously paying the consequences. Yes. You you lose your license, you pay your $10,000 in uh, yeah. DUI fees and blah, 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 whatever. But I feel like you still dealt with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In four yeah. years of dealing with this. Yeah, the pain in your chest, like, oh, I'm going back again, you know? Yeah. I got into fights with people. I got into so many fights. I remember I was buying... You know, I was drunk. This is back when obviously weed was not legal. Drunk, you know, three in the morning, follow a guy. I was like, hey, you want to buy pot? Like, yeah, I'll buy pot from you. Like, okay, come with me. Follow, follows me. He makes me follow him into this like hardcore, like native uh, dive bar, you know, and uh, kind of like a, like a hardcore bar, like a mohawk bar. Yeah. Uh, I go in with him. And he just goes into the bathroom, comes out, and he gives me like a paper towel all crumpled up. And he took my money. And I was just like, this guy just fucked me. And I opened it up. There was nothing in there. I run. And usually, like, if I was sober, like the guy, if I was sober, I wouldn't have done any of this. But if I was sober, yeah. at that point, I'd be like, well, all right, I, I should just get the fuck out of here. I shouldn't be in this bar. Mm -hmm. No, I chase him. I chase the guy. I get out. Uh, and I grab him by the arm. I was like, hey, man, I got you. Look, just give me my money back. And he's like, no, man, I don't owe you anything, blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, I even said, like, I'm not, I can't report you anywhere. I can't do anything. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to leave a Yelp review. Just give me the money back. <laughs> Could you imagine having to leave a Yelp review for a weed dealer? Yeah. And then because I drank so much, I didn't even know the guy headbutted me in the, in like, in the face, like hard. Oh, shit. Like one of those old school, like Samoan headbutts, you know? Yikes. And I was like, yeah. oh, and I couldn't, I didn't even feel it. I said like, did you just headbutt me? And he like, and he does it again and again. He just keeps headbutting me. And then like, I don't know. I, okay, I freaked out. I just tackled him on the ground. The guy's like, I got a knife. I got a knife. He's reaching into his thing for a knife. And I was like, it's like, no, man, you ain't got nothing. I was like super like gangster all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. And I just beat the shit out of this guy in front of everybody in the street in the winter at four in the morning. And I got up and yeah. kicked him in the head like three times. Did you get your money back? No, I just, I was like, you earned it. And I just left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. I just left. I left and I just like, I, I was so worried that I, I murdered this guy. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I think, I think anyone who steals yeah. deserves to get their ass kicked At least. no matter what. Yeah. You're sure. It's a, a drug deal gone bad. Yeah. Like, you wanted to buy weed. This guy fucked you over. Yeah. Fuck that dude. I know, like, he deserved every kick. Steal from Best Buy or something. They'll steal from me. So I, yeah. I go a few blocks over. I'm watching. 
and then he starts moving people pick him up like okay thank god i just left and i had blood fucking all over my pants i was kind of paranoid you know yeah but there's so many times i got arrested once when i was wasted and i got arrested for something i didn't do uh i got arrested and it was like so many cops me and my friend were walking eating pizza late at night and all these cops just rush us i'm talking like it must have been like seven or eight cops and tackle us to the floor, handcuff us, put us in the police off police car. Yeah. Like super assholes, you know, like not nice people at all. And uh, they basically accused us of like breaking in and, and robbing like 30 cars in a parking lot, something like that. I have no dice on me. So obviously I didn't do it, Yeah, but they really wanted it to be me. They really wanted it to be, and they separated us. And I was like, well, I'll just tell the truth. I didn't know my friend is making up stories, hoping. Mm-hmm. That, like, I was like, yeah, but if our stories don't match, then we look guilty. Yeah. I started asking this girl because I was wasted. I was having like a bad year. It was like year of the rat or something. I was having a bad year. Like, <laughs> 2020? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my year's been pretty good. It's been bad for everybody else. But like, Yeah, I've, I've had a great year. Yeah, yeah. I've had way worse years than this one. But mm-hmm. uh, I was having a bad year. And this, this was like 2008. And uh, I started talking. Like, eventually, the guy was really mean to me. The girl was just kind of quiet. He leaves the car. And I ask uh, the girl, I was like, hey, do you believe in astrology? <laughs> you know? She's like, huh? I like, I feel like I'm having a really bad year. And she just, and then the guy comes in. And, you know, it's, it's like, I can tell the police training is, like, always be upset. You know? Mm-hmm. The guy comes in. The guy sits down. He knows I didn't do it. But he's still kind of yelling at me. He's like, hey, hey, hey. like they're bad actors. Yeah. I was like, I can tell, I could tell you're pushing, you know. It's like, yeah, you went into an audition, but you, they were reading for the part and you were the one that had to like judge. It's like, he's still getting mad at me. I was like, okay, I can tell, you know, I didn't do anything. I'm not going to say anything. And they're speaking French. I understand French. They don't think, yeah. you know, and eventually they let, they let me go. And, you know, all these stories, I'm always like, man, I'm never going to drink again. And I just keep, I just kept drinking uh, all the time. That was, that's what, that was like my life. That, like, that's just kind of the culture, though, in Montreal. Yeah. It's always kind of like a French version of Boston. Because it has a working class winter of Boston, but like the snobbiness of the French. And Growing up, my friends always said, yeah, we're heading to, we're heading to Montreal. We're going to go drink in Montreal. Yeah. And I was like... Yeah, I'm I'm not just going to go to Canada to, to Boston, man, they would come and uh, it would always be the same thing. The people from Boston would come and they would just start start fights in the street with mm-hmm. drunk people from Montreal over hockey, over like Montreal yeah. Canadians, Boston, whatever. Oh, yeah. And just you would see these these brutal fights. Always, like It was like that became one of the things I liked doing. Like, well, I guess we could just go walk and see the fights. We could just mm-hmm. you know, like watching UFC to me. Yeah. yeah, man. Eventually, when I moved to LA, I was able to quit because I think there's something about dry heat that doesn't agree mm-hmm. with me when I when I would drink here. Like, gotcha. drink and I would be sober, 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 sick. I was like, what the? Yeah, f-? you know that happened a bunch of times, and then I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I I went on a sober thing. Like, I stopped doing, I stopped smoking weed. I stopped. I used to do like psychedelics. I stopped doing that. I stopped mm-hmm. uh, and I stopped drinking. And eventually after a year, I went back to everything, but I never really went back to drinking. I've drunk yeah. drank maybe like a handful of times in the past eight years. I drank like at a wedding. I drank at yeah. Mania 31. They gave us champagne. So I had 
Oh, nice. I had <laughs> I had a little glass of champagne there, you know. Yeah. But that's really it. Uh, mm-hmm. So many fights I got into just just being drunk, you know. Yeah, I I can see why uh, you wanted to do kombucha. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. So I wanted I'm a miserable drunk. It just whatever. <laughs> I just I just attracted that stuff, and I just it meant nothing for me to fight, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been um I'm a happy person. Uh and when I drink I I get happier. Yeah. I do I do know the different personalities of like I know people that I can't drink with mm-hmm. like because I know how they're going to act. Right. But those people don't know how they're going to act right. when they drink. Yeah. So I can't drink. Yeah. So and and that's fine. I mean, obviously like we don't have to drink to have fun. No. Uh, one thing I do love to say is um is I don't need to have fun to have a drink. That's true. Uh, That's true. Just fucking drink whatever. But uh, but yeah, I'm a, a happy person, happy drunk. So so it works out with this show. One thing I do want to say about your fucking shirt yeah. that I just noticed. Yeah. Is we've got all these wrestlers, late '80s, early '90s. You've got uh. Yeah, yeah. You know exactly what I'm going to say. You've got. I have a theory about it too. Why? You've got Roddy Piper. You've got Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, Slaughter, uh, Jake the Snake, Rick Rude. Who, who's in the bottom left Hacksaw corner? Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And then you've got Shawn Michaels from 2006. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, I know. I think <laughs> this was supposed to be Hogan. Oh, That's probably. Racist when he had his like, yeah. third tape. They go like, fuck it, put some. But they could have put like Earthquake there. Yeah, I mean, but, they could have put Shawn Michaels from 93. Yeah, yeah, of course. The, yeah, the old Shawn Michaels. Uh, but yeah, very fun shirt. Um, okay, so we're reaching the end. But you've got a movie that just came out uh, second week of September Yes, called uh, In Other Words. Right. And I've seen it all over uh, Facebook. And I've watched the trailers and everything. In that thing nonstop. It's like all that I have on my on my wall now. I'm very excited about this movie. Yeah. I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. It came out last week, correct? Yes. Uh, so last week, uh, second week of September, yeah. we're recording this September 19th. Um, tell us a little bit about it. It's a rom-com. It's it's kind of like a modern day telenovela. Mm-hmm. I did it in that style, uh, which I feel like as rom-coms are so outdated. So why not go more outdated and yeah. a style kind of like Jane the Virgin does? Which I'm yeah. on that show too, so it's like I'm very, I really fit in this weird telenovela world. But, uh-huh. but yeah, it's a telenovela. It's um, it was shot here and in Mexico. I'm I'm fortunate to have booked one of the leads in it, which really happened out of yeah, uh, out of sheer. I mean, it's that thing we talked about that wrestling booking thing. My part was I, I think was supposed to be by a guy who's kind of a celebrity, like everybody else in the movie. Dropped mm-hmm. out, I think, last minute. I don't know what happened. After yeah. A rush casting call. I was in Italy at the time for my, my girlfriend's birthday. And mm-hmm. I just did a tape from Italy. They took me. So then I did wow. the script. And I, they told me he was in the movie. Everybody has a very high IMDb ranking except me. And uh, I read the script and I can see it's still the description of the other guy who had it. Yeah. The only script I had was that I was supposed to be a cool black guy. Which I was like, and you and you aren't a cool black guy, is what you're trying to tell me. My coolest is just a regular black guy, so I was like, yeah, be very intimidating uh, to pull this. Mm-hmm. But, but I made it my own, and filming it was great. You know, I got to work with Chris Kattan, which was kind of cool. And, yeah, because uh, I used to watch SNL back in the day. And it's a fun movie. It's kind of it's like not like I watch a lot of like horror movies and stuff. Yeah, like that, so it's not. 
but it's like I still enjoyed watching it. But it's, it is like more of a family film. Uh, yeah. But it is funny, and it's it got picked up by HBO, which was uh, a cool thing. And yeah. the they're taking it for uh, what's it called? I guess Valentine's Day in February. Oh, great! And until then, people can kind of watch it really anywhere. It's on Amazon, YouTube, mm-hmm. wherever. And, yeah, uh, it's a fun watch, especially now. People seem to like it. People are people are all also always going to tell me they like it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but it is objectively, uh, you know, a pretty humorous film. Yeah, my my wife loves Chris Kattan. Yeah. So okay. Uh, then, yeah. So we are we will watch this movie. It's on uh, Amazon basically until HBO. Until HBO takes it in February. Yeah. This is basically our version of our because we couldn't have a theatrical release for this kind of yeah. thing. So like this is kind of what it is. It's this instead. Yeah. Well, to make uh to make things easier, I'm going to do a, a domain a subdomain so you can go to inotherwords.hadwm.com and that will direct you uh straight to the Amazon uh showing of this. Where can we follow you on social media? Social media, I have Instagram, uh Rishi R I S H I underscore A, which is a A like how Canadians say it, E H. And I'm there, I'm in the profile wearing a mask. <laughs> so that's me. And uh, that's it. I don't really. I'm not really on the Twitter. Are you? Are you tweeting? I I uh, I tweet. Okay, that's. I enjoy the tweet. Always something. I, I mean, I'm on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook. That's kind of where I, I tweet on Facebook, which makes no sense. I kind of do my little tweets there, and gets a lot of attention sometimes. So you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on uh, Instagram, and uh, you can find me in the movie. In other words. Yeah. Uh, well, Rishi, uh, thanks for joining the show. Uh, it was great having you on. To our listeners, uh, follow Have a Drink With Me on social media at H-A-D-W-M. You can share the show and tell your friends to listen to us on iTunes and Spotify under Have a Drink With Me. And check out our store, shop.hadwm.com. Thanks for listening.